0: Today, on CityCast Madison. The Universities of Wisconsin Board of Regents cut a major deal last week with the Wisconsin Republican state leadership. The board agreed to a proposal to cut down on diversity, equity, and inclusion-related positions at UW in exchange for around $800 million for expenses like UW pay raises and building projects. This agreement comes after months of seemingly dead-end negotiation with the state to keep DEI expenditures off the cutting block. Three regions flipped their vote on the GOP deal within days of an earlier vote on the same agreement. But why? We sit down with Kelly Meyerhofer, higher education reporter for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. It's Tuesday, December 19th. I'm Bianca Martin, and here's what Madison's talking about. Kelly, hello.
1: Hi. Thanks for having me.
0: Of course. So, what happened? Why did the Regents change their votes? Yeah, there were three Regents who flipped their votes, and
1: uh, you know the comments that they've made publicly. One of them talked about how they didn't really have enough time to review the entire deal. And that quick turnaround, I think, was part of the reason that uh, votes may have changed. Uh, The other two regions who flipped their votes talked a lot about how they heard a lot more input from the chancellors uh, and campus communities in the wake of that failed vote and realized the extent of the campus's financial situations required them to approve the deal and get $800 in state money.
0: Yeah. um, So that was the official word. Is there also partially an unofficial word, knowing that several of the regents, including Amy Bogost, uh, are serving unconfirmed in the Senate?
1: It's a good question. I haven't heard anything uh, yet to suggest that those weren't the reasons. I do think it was really just, you know, somewhat they felt the deal had to go through and they were willing to be the ones to change their vote. But it's obviously something I'm still reporting on and trying to get to the bottom of.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I'm not trying to create the situation that's not there. I Because I saw a tweet from Senate President Chris Kapenga, a Republican from Delafield, who said that Bogos and the other uncomfortable regents could lose their jobs as soon as January if they voted against the deal. So if that was kind of in the picture at all.
1: Yeah, I mean, that was certainly out there. I think, you know, I've been covering UW for five and a half years and I've talked to some of the regents and I don't think, you know, them being voted down and losing their job is something that weighs on them that heavily. It's it's a volunteer position. It's an unpaid position. I think that, you know, they're happy to serve. And if, if Republicans want to make that move and fire them, you know, Governor Evers will name replacements that have similar viewpoints to their own.
0: What do we know about the individual regents who changed their votes?
1: Sure. Uh, there's a board president, uh, Karen Walsh, and then the board's vice president, um, Amy Bogust. Uh, they flipped their votes. They both uh, live in the Madison area. Um, Amy is a lawyer who specializes in Title IX. Karen runs sort of a family foundation uh, focused on animal rights um, and then a student regent, a student from Parkside, also flipped her vote. She's a veteran. She spent seven years in the Army. Um, so she's talked a lot about, like, service and placing her campus's needs above her own.
0: Yeah, I thought the Jennifer Staten flip was really interesting because, like you said, she's um, an Army veteran. She's a Latina and a student in the UW system right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, her background, you know, DEI programs are you know, meant to serve those types of student groups who haven't always, you know, had opportunities in higher education that that others have had. So it was interesting to see her flip her vote on that.
0: Yeah, I saw her in a TV interview saying that she benefited from UW Parkside's Veteran and Military Success Center, um, which is like these type of programs like DEI. But it also her quote. In your reporting, um, was that she can't put herself in front of the financial needs of the institution? So really interesting. I wanted to ask: Were there university donors putting pressure on the regents at all? Um,
1: I imagine that there probably were. I mean, I think regents were under pressure from all sides. From from what I've heard, you know, when the vote was rejected, Republicans were very upset. I think. You know, UW leaders who spent months negotiating this deal were, were shocked and trying to salvage it. And so I think Regents heard from a lot of people over the past few days and, and some rethought that vote.
0: And, you know, you reported that system president Jay Rothman talked about resigning if the deal wasn't approved. Uh, he serves under the Regents. How would you characterize that relationship between him and his bosses, the regents.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, he's in a difficult position. His background is as a lawyer. Most of his campaign contributions leading up to him taking this job in 2022 were to Republicans, Um, you know, but the majority of the board is controlled by appointees who were appointed by by a Democratic governor. And, you know, uh, they may think differently on a lot of these sorts of issues than, than he may or Republicans may. So, so, He's kind of serving two very different um, constituencies here, a Democratic leaning board and a Republican legislature that's been fairly hostile to higher education over the past decade.
0: Yep. So he's in the middle on a lot of things. Um, Yes,
1: it's a very tough job.
0: Yeah. And obviously there are a lot of stakes in this deal. um, And one of the stakes was releasing funding for the engineering school you contacted every single state lawmaker's office to ask whether they supported it. And only four lawmakers out of more than 100 would go on record as opposing it. What do you make of that? Yeah, I
1: contacted the the lawmakers that didn't respond. I actually contacted them multiple times, like not just emailing their office, but like calling their personal cell phones, texting their personal cell phones. And, you know, the majority did not respond. What I take away from that is they, you know, don't feel a need to uh, speak with the media or share their positions. um, And they, you know, just kind of want to vote the way that they're being told to vote. Um, But I think the fact that some Republicans were willing to say, yes, I do support that project, it speaks to how how much broad-based support there was for that building.
0: Well, so as a part of the deal, the university has to reassign some staff who work on diversity on campus. Uh, UW officials argue they're still committed to diversity. Um, What impact might this restructuring have?
1: Yeah, I think that's a big question that I'll probably be looking for answers for in the new year. I think, you know, from what I've heard and talking to people, even they, you know, campuses themselves don't really have a handle on what that restructuring will mean which 43 positions will have their job titles changed i mean no one is losing their job that's what they've said um but like how their job responsibilities will change is something i will try to look at pretty closely in 2024.
0: yeah well we'll definitely be paying attention as well moving forward about how some of these changes will impact diversity on campus um you know the regents second vote here, was conducted in a closed session, meaning the public couldn't attend. Wisconsin open meeting laws say that government meetings should be open to the public unless there's a very specific reason, like discussing a lawsuit or a real estate deal. Do you know why this was a closed session? Well, the vote, the
1: second vote itself actually did happen publicly. It was an open session um, on Wednesday. They went, the board went into closed session Tuesday just to discuss the deal. And I think basically figure out if, if they had the votes to to call the public meeting and, and vote for it because they didn't want another embarrassing uh, meeting where where it fell through again. So you know, the Tuesday meeting, you know, there's reasons in the meeting agenda were it was for like competitive and bargaining reasons, which, which are allowed under the law. Um, you know, in talking with like a open government expert on that, he says that exemption is completely overused and there's really no way to police if they're sticking with that specific reason when they go behind closed doors Mm. to talk about it. Mm. Uh, so that's resulted in, you know, some black lawmakers, uh, requested legislative attorneys to look into it. And, and those attorneys found that they may have violated the law in in how that meeting was noticed.
0: What do you think this fight and how it was handled signals for the future of the university system and Republican state leadership relationship?
1: I mean, I think the relationship has always been quite tense for, you know, more, more than a decade, really. Uh, I think, you know, this particular debate over DEI and the value it brings to campuses or, or the wasteful spending that it creates that that is not gonna go away. I mean, Speaker Voss said in his statement after the vote that this is just the first step in eliminating these these cancerous practices. So I really see it as like one battle of a much larger war um, over DEI.
0: Yeah, I actually have the quote right in front of me. I wanted to read the full thing. Uh, So this is Assembly Speaker Robin Voss. Republicans know this is just the first step in what will be our continuing efforts to eliminate these cancerous DEI practices on UW campuses. Um, You know, so that sounds like the first step. Do you have any thoughts about what the next future steps might be?
1: Well, I know uh, a conservative law firm, uh, the Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty has has filed uh, legal challenges for several like race based scholarship programs. Um, so those are in litigation right now. The scholarship programs that Republicans are targeting are I think they're called like a minority grant, uh, you know, that's, uh you can get. Up to twenty five hundred dollars if you're a student of color attending a UW campus, um, and they say that that's wrong to just be open to certain races and not white students or other you know specific backgrounds. Um, and then there's also a minority loan teacher forgiveness program. So if you're studying to be a teacher and you're a student of color, uh, they created this program to try to diversify you know the state's teacher workforce if you work a certain number of years, you can get those loans forgiven. Um, So they're also targeting that program.
0: So what about for the state lawmakers, like folks from the Black Legislative Caucus who are openly against this? What might this bode for them and the university moving forward?
1: Yeah, it's a good question about what the Black Legislative Caucus will do. Most of them are in the minority of the legislature, so they don't have a ton of power but I think you know them being so vocal about this deal could you know sort of affect their relationship with UW they've been strong supporters and I think they're gonna be watching very closely now that this deal is done to see what sort of supports uh, campuses have for students of color and how that's changing under this deal
0: yeah and can you talk a little bit more about what you've seen and and what you've shared in your reporting about students on campus because, you know, there's uh, it appears to some like students of color are a bargaining chip and they were just given away.
1: Yeah, I talked to a lot of students of color over the summer when um, these, these cuts were on the table and a lot of them talked about the importance that these programs have. And getting them through college. Uh, one of them, UW Milwaukee grad student I talked to said, I would not have graduated without the multicultural office because I found my friends. I found staff who looked like me and and uh, cared about me and helped me navigate these confusing financial aid forms that my family doesn't know how to do because they didn't go to college. So they say those 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 offices are quite short-staffed with, with thin resources. And this was before the cuts or the restructuring. So it'll be interesting to see what the changes are.
0: Definitely. And I feel like I should share, I benefited from programs like this at UW-Madison and was a part of them, um, something called Pathways. And to the point that the UW-Milwaukee student shared, um, they brought us down to UW Credit Union and helped us set up a bank account and certain things that you know, you might not have assistance from from your parents, that sort of thing. And I certainly can attest that I don't know where I'd be without the DEI programs at UW. So, Kelly, you know, what are you watching next with this story?
1: A lot of things. I mean, I think the biggest thing to watch is is how these diversity offices and staffing change and, and what students of color, you know, say about, about the changes. I think, you know, obviously the legislature has said they're going to continue this fight. So so that's something to watch as well. And then just all all the legal challenges um, that that have already started and that could be coming down the pipeline um, that target sort of race based programs and stuff like that.
0: Kelly, thank you so much for your time and for bringing us up to speed uh, with your reporting. We super appreciate it.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: That's Kelly Meyerhofer, higher education reporter for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. That's all for today here on CityCast Madison. I'm Bianca Martin. If you enjoyed the show, why not share this episode with the biggest Badger fan in your life. Go Bucky. And hey, a request for you. We want to know, what are your resolutions for Madison in 2024? What would you like to see? Any changes, more late night food options, less traffic, more bike lanes, more CityCast Madison? Leave us a voicemail with your hopes and dreams for our city at 608-318-3367. Can't wait to hear your messages. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more stories from around the city, y'all. Until then. You be good, and you be bad, you be whatever you want.